Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And welcome to a new episode of Chicks and... And, um... Um... Uh... Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> dicks? Dicks. Uh, dicks. Uh, awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god uh, how's it... i know i know i know we'll, we'll get there this. how's it going how's it going uh pretty good i just came back from the dentist so mm-hmm. yeah enjoying all of that mm. yep nice i am pmsing and constantly hungry today oh yeah i've been there Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like today I've, I've said no to like all of the shitty snacks I had a little bit of popcorn trying to be good but at the same time also because I'm bloated and I feel like crap and it's just gonna make me feel crappier right. if I just indulge right so it's like uh, but sometimes but I, I just there are days where I'm like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna lean into it I'm gonna like just not wear pants and mm-hmm. indulge <laughs> And maybe I'll feel better mm. afterwards. Maybe I won't, but yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is how I get true. through the day. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I went for uh, a lovely dinner with uh, friends that are also in the industry that I work in. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. So uh, thank you to Dentro Insider for treating me for dinner. That was nice. Very nice. Um, Very nice indeed. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a um vanilla vodka and a san pellegrino like oh. blood orange flavored water because it's because i'm trying to do the low cal thing because i'm feeling like shit right hence <laughs> the vodka i'm feeling i'm i'm feeling bloated and gross so i'm moving a vodka baby <laughs> so a sparkling water is going to make you feel less bloated well, it's just less calories than chugging back a bottle of wine. <laughs> Sparkling water <laughs> always makes me feel bloated. I don't like it. But it's mentally, you know, making me feel better. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not about, it, does, it doesn't have to make sense to make me feel good. Okay, fine, fine. I'm Much s- like this book at certain parts. <laughs> still working my way through the homebrew. So. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> When are you, like, when are you, when are you going to come my way for a weekend? You should. Oh, it's going to be more than a weekend. Six hours is a long way to go for a weekend. Well, whatever. Just come for like four or five days. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Our listeners doesn't need we'll to hear this out. part of the conversation. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you coming up with excuses because you don't want to get your ass over here. Hey, gas is expensive. Hey, look, I didn't say if you did it, I could maybe put it under business if you brought some booze back with you and sold it. <laughs> oh, oh, I, we've been over this. I'm very happy to transport and store your booze. I couldn't sell water to a man dying of thirst. So <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know I'm having that problem myself. I'm not a good salesperson. Yeah. But here we are not selling these books. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, we're not here to sell books. We're here to review books. I know. Uh, and our book today is Corrupt by Penelope Douglas. Douglas. And this Rachel's is, choice. This is my choice. This is the first book in the Devil's Night series. Um, and I wanted to read something that was problematic. And boy, did this book deliver. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there, yeah, there's, I mean, on a... Honestly, if you have issues with, like, power dynamics and abuse, this one is, like, skip this episode. Seriously. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with power dynamics, abuse, stalking, um, yep. <laughs> just manipulation, emotional manipulation, yeah. familial manipulation, uh, drug abuse, alcohol yeah. abuse. All uh, over the place with this one. It's, yeah. it's, it is literally like a smorgasbord of bullshit. Yep. <laughs> And a little bit of statutory rape. Just, you know. Oh, yeah. Just to even mm-hmm. things out. Oh, my God. It's consensual, yep. but because of the age difference. 
uh, it is an issue. Hmm. Um, and then you can make the argument hence, hence the term rape. <laughs> oh, we're not getting into all of that. Okay. I will. Either way, if these things are an issue for you, skip it. Yep. <laughs> next skip episode. It. We will see you next time, and we wish you <laughs> all the best. Uh, meanwhile, I will synopsize. This is a long one. Erica. I was told that dreams were our heart's desires. My nightmares, however, became my obsession. His name is Michael Christ. My boyfriend's older brother is like the scary movie that you peek through your hands to watch. He is handsome, strong, and completely terrifying. The star of his college basketball <laughs> Why is that funny? Kind of sums up the problem right there, too. <laughs> the star of his college's basketball team and now gone pro. He's more concerned with the dirt on his shoe than me. But I noticed him. I saw him. I heard him. Oh. The things that he did and the deeds that he did. For years, I bit my nails, unable to look away. Now, I've graduated high school and moved on to college, but I haven't stopped watching Michael. He's bad, and the dirt I've seen isn't content to stay in my head anymore, because he's finally noticed me. Michael. Her name is Erica Fain, but everyone calls her Rika. My brother's girlfriend grew up hanging around my house and is always at our dinner table. She looked down when I enter the room and stills when I am close. I can always feel the fear rolling off her. And while I haven't had her body, I know I have her mind. That's what I really want anyway. Until my brother leaves for the military and I find Rika alone at college in my city, unprotected. The opportunity is too good to be true, as well as the timing. Because you see, three years ago, she put a few of my high school friends in prison, and now they're out. We've waited. We've been patient. And now every last one of her nightmares will come true. <laughs> like, even in the description, there's so many things that are problematic. Which I know. Is... Also a little and misleading. It's... Because, as we'll find yes. out, Michael orchestrated everything to get Rika close to him. And alone mm-hmm. and isolated. Like, it's, this didn't happen by chance. This is all part of this, like, grandmaster plan. And I'm not entirely sure what the end goal was. <laughs> the end goal is that he can own her completely, a essentially. Bang? I thought it was a gangbang. I thought that we were building no. towards a gangbang. I don't. I don't even know what it was. No, they were trying. What they were trying to do is they were trying to ruin her life. They wanted That's to ruin her, but I thought also gangbang because it's yeah, a sex probably book. on the same time. But like, <laughs> like they would force her to agree to something like that, which is, oh my god, there's just uh. so much wrong with that. Oh, okay. There's so much wrong with this this oh. whole book. So anyway, so let's let's, let's start. Okay, so Rika's uh, Rika's dad dies in a horrible car crash she is also in the car vehicle at the time she survives he dies it never really comes up that she is like a guilt survivor complex she just has a large scar on her neck (laughs) that's really what it comes down to and she ends up missing her dad fine all normal but she's like the scar is so ugly and her boyfriend what is his name trevor trevor yes yeah so Trevor's her brother, and he kind of reminds me of the way he's described. as kind of like a like kind or whatever b- boyfriend. Like kind of reminds me of like the way he's described. Like kind of like a Ken doll. Like just kind of straight laced. Like super blah blah blah. Like on the outside, but kind of a dick. Yeah, he's really he's. I picture him as a preppy, so like a collared shirt, yeah, like a, loafers, like a Ken doll. that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like carrying a tennis racket, like paper bag princess kind of shit. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. <laughs> he he is that guy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that guy's a huge dick, also. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the best children's book they should uh, ever give a, a a girl yeah. in their life called *The Paper Bag Princess* by Robert Munch. It's um, it's um, it really is one of the best so good. books I think for young for yeah. young girls. I mean, all of his books are wonderful, but that that was one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, we're talking about a good verse, book versus a bad. No, because we don't want to talk let's, about Let's refrain book. from talking about the children's books when we're talking about the sex books. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Okay, new rule. <laughs> I don't know if it's rule, but it's definitely a guideline. <laughs> so Rika 
Okay, everyone in this book is fabulously wealthy. They live in a place called Thunder Bay, which is weird for Canadians who know yeah. about a place called <laughs> Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. When they first said Thunder Bay, I was like, well, there are some nice places in Thunder Bay, but it, like this is more like the Hamptons, really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and so Rika lives next door to Trevor and Michael, the Christs. Um, and her mother is sort of losing herself to the bottle. Might also have a pill addiction, but definitely a drinking problem ever since her father died because she is not dealing with this uh, in a healthy way. And so Rika ends up spending more and more time with the Christs and they kind of adopt her into the family. But also there's this idea that like Rika and Trevor will make a great match. So there's a little bit of like, yeah, uh, like a, a political like matchmaking a family going coupling. on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like a dynasty because the, uh, yes. the Fane family owns a jewelry store and they are fabulously wealthy. I think it's kind of like the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers getting together or something. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think might actually be worth more than the Christ's. It is. It is implied later that like the the Christ family is not as rich as the Fanes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Rika doesn't really have a lot of feelings for Trevor. Trevor develops feelings for Rika, um, and they do eventually hook up towards the end of high school. Um, and she's only doing it sort of like. <laughs> She just kind of gives into it because she's pressured. Yeah, she's just really... like, yeah. Everybody else was saying that it should happen. You know, so it and it's happen. like not a bad match. Um, but the whole time she's carrying this torch. <laughs> Such for... a good reason to hook up. I know. Not the oh, worst awful. thing that ever happened. I mean... Hey, Bob, in there. So... <laughs> Look, carrying this. I don't torch know what you're talking about <laughs> for Michael because she's afraid of him. But attracted to him at the same time. Um, and he's this sort of like brooding figure who kind of stalks around the edges of her life. Uh, brooding isn't even close to describing his fucking weirdness. <laughs> so um, so the, the, the book's actually told it in two different points of time. There's present day where Rika, she has finished her first year of university. Um, and she went to the same university, I think, as Trevor... Yes, they were at the same university, and then she decides uh, yes, her first, yeah. she mm-hmm. needs to like kind of break free, go off on her own, and find out who she is. And so she, she and this is predicated. This is also like predicated by her experience in the past. Well, everyone's always told her what to do, and she's a bit of a caged bird, really. Um, and so this is her opportunity to spread her wings and fly. Uh, so she moves to Meridian I'm just going to stir my drink while you explain this. Which is the big city uh, <laughs> and transfers to the university there. And she gets her own apartment in this really nice building. And she's very excited to begin her new solo life. And this is against the pressure and wishes of uh, the Christ family and everybody. Pretty much everyone. Family, essentially. So so it's it's like her act of kind of rebellion. Yes. Like, it, but at the same time, it's it kind of shows her character being not as um, not as conformist as you would like as you would she would the family would like you to believe. I don't know. Like that's well, just because she's always I mean. been the good girl and done what she's told, and now she's sort of mm. seizing this opportunity to do what she wants and make decisions for herself because she really didn't have like a ton of agency. It sounds like, um, so. Trevor is upset that she's left. Um, and when he finds out where she's living, he gets really, really upset. Um, but won't really tell her why. He's just like, leave the city, come back. And she's like, you know, fuck you. You're not my boyfriend. Well, you so first of all, she, she, <laughs> she applies for an apartment and gets accepted. And she's supposed to have kind of like a rundown one bedroom apartment. It ends up being in like a penthouse yes. suite. Yes. And so she thinks the family has set her up to be like taken care of because all of the women from Thunder Bay are taken care of, which sounds weird, but um, just like just so you know, like she thinks that it's the the Christ family in general that has arranged for this. Well, because she's a little naive, 
Because they sort of feed her this, when she's getting the tour of the apartment, she's like, I asked for a one bedroom, I can't afford the penthouse. And it's like, oh, no, no, the owner, whoever owns the building, you know, they made a mistake on the application, they feel terrible, so you can stay in the penthouse and pay what you would be paying for the one bedroom. And like, granted, this she's not that worldly, she doesn't understand that this is a little bit of a, a scam, but in her favor. Mm-hmm. Um and she's, she just sort of goes along with it because it's like, okay, you know what? Why fight it? I get this amazing yeah. apartment. <laughs> she's got, yeah, she kind of has like two minutes of disappointment. She's like, oh, I wanted to be grungy and live in a shithole. And now she's, she's just like, but the apartment's really nice. <laughs> yeah, but also this isn't a shithole kind of building. If you wanted to be grungy and live in a no. shithole, you know, maybe you would have gone to the other side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. what is it? What is a shithole to like a fucking millionaire? Well, exactly. Maybe like, it is a one bedroom. I live maybe in a one bedroom. <laughs> maybe it's like eight hundred square feet, like eight hundred square feet. Like I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so as she sort of we move forward in the present, we all we also get um, chapters that are set in the past. And it's this build-up to what happened on Devil's Night. While reading this, you have to admit that, like, the structure of the book is actually pretty good. It is. It really kept my interest. So I got to hand it to Penelope Douglas, the sort of back and forth. I was a little bit more interested in what happened in the past than what was happening in the present, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I I thought, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of intrigue there. And it was like, like, it kept me engaged, let's say. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, didn't I was enjoy curious. That I aspect. didn't know where, and I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. yeah no, I exactly. didn't. I I did not predict where that where it was going. No. So mm-hmm. no, me neither. But where it went was was part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so in Thunder Bay, uh, Devil's Night is sort of like a big deal for the the high school kids there. Um, and while Michael was in high school, he and his buddies, his three best friends, they formed this clique called the Four Horsemen. And so they just sort of, they put on these masks and they, they don't terrorize the town. That's really not the right word. They're all on the basketball team. Yeah. They sort of rule the school. (laughs) And on Devil's Night, they kind of run around and sort of cause havoc and maybe some minor property damage. Uh, and everyone knows it's them, but they they get away with it. Arson, minor property. Okay, that's. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it is a crack house. (laughs) You could argue that doing someone's home, burning a crack home, it's someone's crack home. (laughs) (laughs) There's no one in it at the time when they set it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so. This one Devil's Night in particular, Michael and his buddies, they've all gone off to university, but they've come back for homecoming, and they it's this tradition um, that the basketball team leaves school early on October 30th, and they pull people out with them. Um, and the teachers don't really do anything to stop it, because it's just this sort of tradition uh, that's sort of grown up over the years. And when Michael comes back for this particular homecoming and devil's night, he kind of zeroes in on Rika and he wants to pull her out of class and take her with them. And And there's kind of an unwritten rule that they can't pull someone out who's underage. Yes. And she is 17. Um, And you have to be 18, I guess, to leave the school. Uh, So he can't, he can't take her with him. So he leaves, but she then excuses herself to go to the washroom. And because she's a good girl, nobody suspects that she's not going to come back. But she just pieces right out. And fucks her, he fucks right off. She fucks <laughs> right <stows> off. <laughs> and stows away in the trunk of Michael's SUV. How do you not know there's somebody back there? His No, his, she's this one. Okay, so we've had the Bimmers before. We've had a, They <laughs> always have to mention it. Like, they, yes. they always... Yeah, he, he drives a bed. So there's always a mention of the type of... I don't know what these romance authors are all about, but there's always the the um, model. To be fair, though, if I'm going to describe someone who's uber rich, I'm not going to describe Benz. I'm going to go, no. like, Porsche 911. Uh, I'm going to so, go, I mean, like, it depends, fucking... like, how rich and ridiculous you want to get with this. Like, yeah, there's so many other more expensive, flashier cars out there. 
I mean, considering later on what he does for her at the end, I would assume that he should. Maybe, well, maybe that's his high school car. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we should give him. It is. <laughs> yes, that's his high school car. <laughs> no, I think he still drives the Benz <laughs> later on, three years later. Yeah, he does. He does. Yep. Yeah, he does. So I guess they're just a, Mer- you know, what brand loyalty? They're a Mercedes Benz family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, well, so is she. Like, it's like, I mean, maybe all of Thunder Bay drives a Benz. Maybe no, that's the only a, dealership she, they have. Her car in the present is a Tesla. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, you were right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Devil's Night begins in the early, the afternoon. And it's this party at this old, like, abandoned church. Can I just interrupt for one second? Yes. So the one thing that always also bothers me about these books, it's always like the car, but they never mention like he was wearing like a polo shirt or like they never go for designer clothes or like any of that shit, which all the people would be all over about, especially if you're in this uber rich world. Look, if you only have like five minutes to Google something, you're going to Google the car and not the labels. (laughs) I'm just saying like she could have been like, I'm going to me and my Louis Vuitton. I slapped him across the face with my Louis Vuitton purse. Well, okay, so here's a fun story. I clutched my Tiffany pearls. <laughs> when I was... <laughs> oh, pearl clutching. Not enough of that going on. So I felt like that when I was reading this book. Uh, <laughs> when I was, I was editing this volume of short stories, and um, this one woman's submission, her contribution, featured a character who was very wealthy. And she made a point of pointing out the kind of clothes that he was wearing. And my, and it was like Louis Vuitton. I don't remember what it was, um, but like a mm-hmm. high end label. And I said to him, like, look, if he's this wealthy, um, it might be better to search for a designer or a label that is even above what everybody knows to be suit, like, you know, yeah. for the rich and famous. Um, and so, you know, she took it to heart and came back and had changed what he was wearing to something that was much fancier, much more bespoke and much more expensive. And so it really helped kind of set the tone for Mm. this character that this guy has got more money than God. Um, yeah. And so, or it's like, or just like custom tailored with like a certain fabric or, you know, like just shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been rewatching Archer, and he talks about how he's got his own tailor and he has his own shoemaker. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like that kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's the shit. You should just be like, yeah, my cobbler like made these shoes for me. Fuck. So she, so... I, a spelunker in Mongolia, found these diamonds for you. Like, oh like, my just... god. <laughs> Um, so Devil's Night begins at this party and she like peers in on the party and Michael finds her kind of spying on the party and he uh, um, kind of takes her sort of under his wing almost and he's like you're going to spend the entire afternoon and night with me and my boys and you're going uh, so to first... open up and be yourself and be free and you're going to learn a lot of stuff about yourself and then he just sort of proceeds never... to like patronizer for the entire yes i i would say i first of all i I think the term like he takes her under his wing i would be like he creeps her like basically like he's constantly overbearing creepy um trying to be mysterious which comes across to me as a rear as uh, a potential violent domestic partner um (laughs) just obsessive yeah it crosses the line it's not it's not hot it's just unpleasant the it's way just a, he sort of it's a it's an asshole power it's an asshole power play most of the time mm-hmm. which crosses into sexual deviancy slash manipulation yeah and she's into it <laughs> yeah oh she fucking loves it she wants to be owned she wants to be owned she wants to be dominated if that's what you want like that is your choice but only by but- him but only, only by, by him because one of the other guys donovan or yeah was it donovan i think is the creeper's name which one no, is it damon. i can't remember damon, damon that's right because it sounds like demon right so <laughs> but damon is this guy and he's like he's got no boundaries whatsoever and he's one of the four horsemen and he's one of the best friends and he like tries to push the boundaries and be like rapey almost yeah because he like he sexually assaults her 
when mm-hmm. they're in the church. And that really, I didn't like that at all. So he like, he, he like, he, he grabs her by the pussy. Grabs is, her. Is what he does. Mm-hmm. And then she's rescued by Kai, another one of the horsemen. And he can put like, Damon is uh, a loose cannon and the horseman can keep him under control. But you can tell that that control is tenuous. Yes, very tenuous. <laughs> so Damon assaults her at the party. She's rescued by Kai, who seems to actually be like kind of a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in it, no one does or says anything about what just happened, and that really What's, bothered yes. me because it's like uh, it's like you're everybody yeah. saw what Damon just went can do down, as he and you're not okay with this. Kai's clearly not okay with it because he prevented it from getting any further. Because I feel like Damon was probably just going to rape her. Yep. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly this is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. we can be... And you guys and you guys are friends with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, not off to your great start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the drama unfolds in the past. And meanwhile, in the present, we find out that uh, the building that Rika moved into was owned by the Christs, and Michael lives upstairs, and he has a view into her apartment. Into so her he apartment, can yep. Creep on her all the live long day. Whenever he pleases. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you have a basketball practice to go mm-hmm. to? And the weird thing is, is like at that point, like she she's like really unsettled, and she starts to paint, but nothing comes from like her paintings in the book. No, she just paints like, so, a wall red. That's all. She decides to yeah, decorate. She paints a wall red. Yeah, I, get, I, I don't know. That's and then all. he's like, red, my favorite color. I don't know why. I'm just like, oh, like, my God. Come also, on. Also, there was never any, I don't, like, there was never any actual reason for, I'm like, did she get painter's tape? Did she, like, cover the floor? Did she do anything? <laughs> she I don't, just, well, no, because she was, like, really unsettled <laughs> because she has a scare. Um, she because the apartment beside hers is empty, but she can hear sounds coming from the apartment. So she essentially is kind of chased down this stairwell, um, and then she runs into Michael in the lobby. Prior to this, and that's when she stays up all night painting. Prior to this, she's so her, up. Okay, but bring it back a second. So prior to this, she was at her own house, and she gets like a knife, which we don't really hear about otherwise <laughs> in a box hell? in her place for for like no reason. And then she looks out the window and three of the horsemen are, are staring, staring at her there. from her window. Yeah. Yeah. And then she like does a double take and they're gone because God knows that she can't just stand and watch them leave. But it's just <laughs> so, you know, and so she calls like, you know, the car to come drive her to the next door or whatever. Anyway, but it's just one of those things. So she's already kind of like on guard because she's found out at that point that the horsemen are out of jail. Yeah. So... And so this other scare that she has is also kind of heightening this paranoia. Yes. Yeah. And then to run into Michael and that just like sets off all this other stuff inside of her anyway. So in the present. Because Michael and her are not friends. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but he's like invaded every aspect of her life, like him and his friends, because she goes off to university. She goes to her first class and Will, that's the other horseman, the third guy. Um, mm-hmm. He sits down beside her. He, yeah, he sits. He and Damon show up in her class, and they have enrolled in university, and they're taking all of the same classes as she is. And, and to the point where the the professor is pissed off, and like everybody else is pissed off, she still comes up with like an excellent counterpoint to the professor's argument. But then, like the whole time, they're like, "Well, no one fucks with you except for us." Like. And then, yeah, it's just, what the fuck? <laughs> and then yeah. Damon threatens her mother. He goes, like, if you ever do something like, we'll kill your mom. We're going to kill your mom. Yeah, so he has her under control yeah. because <laughs> there's this threat of violence looming over her mother. So it's like, well, sh- I got to do everything these guys say. And so they just proceed to, like, push her around. And you get this sense that, like, I, as, and I said this earlier, you get the sense it's building towards something that's going to be very sexual, um, mm. because she's beautiful and everybody's hot for her. Um, and you know that Kai is attracted to her. Damon's attracted to anything. Will is just drunk all the time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not really. Sh- so there's like this weird, gross, sexual violence undertone that runs through part of the book. 
with like mm-hmm. what their plan is for her when they're going to ruin her because they want vengeance for what happened on devil's night three and, years ago yeah and i i was kind of like looking at like i was like okay so they call themselves um, and i was trying to like read into this book and think like maybe the author the had a little bit more insight yeah. But, yeah like just being like oh maybe one's pestilence one's war no. one's famine <laughs> like no <laughs> They just thought it sounded no. cool, and that's why they called themselves yeah. the Four Horsemen. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't read, so don't read into that. <laughs> don't waste your time trying to figure don't, that one out. Don't fucking waste your time. Yeah, no. Well, I didn't even try. I just, like, I thought about it. It was, like, a passing kind of, like, oh, the Four Horsemen. No. No. All right. That didn't, that didn't pan out. No, nope, that did not go anywhere. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. How much of this do, do we want to ruin? It's kind of hard to talk about... What, like, we ruin every book. We ruin every. I know why. No, we, why now? Yeah. Why have decided? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you? Today's the day. I'm, <laughs> I'm no, going to we not read ruin. Things it. So you don't. We read things so you don't have it's to. True. Is part of this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so out of uh, practice, Rach. <laughs> no, yeah. So like, the, honestly, with the past is way more interesting than what's going on in the present. Um. But she does befriend someone. I thought this was a setup. So she befriends another woman who is yes. in her class who also lives in the building. How convenient. And hooks up with Michael. With the guys who are all stalking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it turns yeah. out she is a sex worker. And Rika's kind of like shocked and doesn't really know how to handle it. And what, her, what is her name? Alexis? Alexa. Alex. Alex. Her name's Alex. <laughs> um, and Alex is like yeah, this is what I do, and don't tell anyone, but I am not ashamed of it, and if you yep, have a problem and... with it, learn to deal. <laughs> yep. I appreciate it, yeah. her, and of all the characters in this book, I thought she was the best. <laughs> She's pretty good, and I honestly thought that that was also part of the manipulation, yes, that Alex was I in agree. on it. And yep, it turns yep. out she's uh, not. 100%. Um, but she's also sort of like, in the story because she's this sort of high-priced escort. Um, <laughs> and I guess she sort of helps. Like, nothing happens between her and Rika. But I think just Rika's friendship with Alex helps her, uh, I guess, mature sexually a little bit. Like, not that you get the sense that she's really... Um, I think she just... I think she becomes more open. Or prudish. But I think she... Yeah, I think she becomes more open to like different ideas and acceptable means of being a human being. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I th- just sort of Alex like out of, sort of out of out of the Thunder Bay bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, so <laughs> in the past, so Rika's like gallivanting around town with the horsemen, and each of them has like a specific task or prank that they need to, they want to accomplish that night and so for michael he wants to burn down the crack house um will wants to burn down a gazebo not cool um because the gazebo was built a, by this woman ch- that he's got a crush on but doesn't love yeah, him i don't even like understand him because, because she's a nerd and totally intellectual and is not into a drunk asshole or so he's gonna burn good down on her, her. Ga- but also yeah, she's being abused yeah. by her brother so they burned so down the gazebo to- that she made and then beat up her brother cop who's been abusing her. And then Damon decides that he's going to sleep with the mayor's daughter. And this is the whole statutory rape issue. Um, and they also film all of their exploits. And this comes back to bite them in the ass uh, because the fight with the cop is filmed and the sex is filmed. And they the following day, they get hauled off to the police station and because they, I'm posted on social media. Because it gets posted on social media. <laughs> and through a mix-up with a sweatshirt, Rika ends up leaving a party later in the night with Will's sweatshirt. And the phone is in the kangaroo pocket of the sweatshirt. So they think that Rika posted the video that got them all into trouble. Um, and so that's why they've been... Uh, put in jail put in and, jail and nursing this grudge for three years and why now they're out for vengeance and we find out that it actually wasn't her um, it was Trevor 
Michael's brother, mm-hmm. who post he found the phone, and he posts those videos. Uh, after he poses as someone else, no, and yeah. almost rapes his ex girlfriend. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> What are we dealing with here in this book? Uh, like, I don't know. Like, first of all, like, I, I kind of, I kind of fall into like the privileged white boy category of like everything's a piece of property. Mm-hmm. Um, in this book, and, and people, and that's what every woman is in in this book. Yeah, every woman is a piece of property. Like, there's no one. Well, with no the woman is off the table. With the acceptance. Of- of Alex, she's not a piece of property, but you pay to be with. So it's to a be transactional yes. relationship that they have with Alex. But every yeah. everyone but else everything is else meant is to be like owned or possessed. Super. Yeah. 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 Every. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, like there's the the whole issue with that. Then you know, like there's a few points in the book that are kind of like, I guess. I guess getting getting to the point where you know they're trying, you find out they're trying to ruin her life and so on and so forth. She goes to she's a she likes to fence, mm-hmm. um, so she goes to a fencing club and then she finds it is an all men's club, but yeah. she runs in anyway because it's thrilling and she sees Michael there and blah 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 and then he hauls her ass out and that's actually how she finds out that the four horsemen are actually there to begin with because she sees them all in like a steam room or something I can't remember but anyway so she gets uh so she gets hauled out and so that's kind of like a point of I guess her realization that she's in danger but then she keeps on getting sucked into these games anyway instead of like I don't know leaving right because <laughs> phoning the police because transferring <laughs> colleges because she's a fucking trust fund baby she can go wherever she, she wants do wherever the fuck she wants <laughs> so yes oh, when like she knows that she's now like surrounded by these dudes on all sides they have threatened to kill her mother if she doesn't comply with their wishes and they tell her it's like we're taking you to a party put on your bathing suit and she's like oh i guess i better put on my bathing suit (laughs) (laughs) they're like if you don't come you know no no the the reason they say they say when you because she can't get in touch with her mom and that usually doesn't happen they sit there and say we'll give you the number to reach your mom if to, but you have to come to this fucking so they blackmail her into going yes yeah but she doesn't really put up a fight she's not like fuck you I'm like you know so rebellious she's just like okay I'm all I'll do it for my mom it's, yeah so uh, yeah. yeah no point does she call and the she cops and be like abs- she doesn't seem overly upset to these, be blackmailed either these uh, <laughs> felons well they would uh, yeah I guess they're technically felons one of them is at least. No, they have. They have. Well, they have criminal records. So. Anyway, whatever. The point is, one. No, no, no. One's assault, and the other one is a fucking rape. Uh, yeah. The stat rape, I guess, would be a felony. The assault could have been. I hope so. Anyway, whatever. The point is, <laughs> she had no point. She could call the police and be like, "Look, these three dudes just got out of prison. They've threatened to kill my mother, uh, and they're stalking. Like, there's. She has recourse, but she never." takes advantage no. like she also has she potentially has power over them because they just got out of prison mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly but she doesn't understand like she doesn't understand why they're targeting her to begin with because no. she was never the perpetrator in the past of this but whole she also bullshit she also doesn't know that this is a vengeance quest yes. they don't tell her this they're just no. like oh we're gonna ruin your life okay why yeah because you're an asshole like what's the yeah, reason yeah. like so that's a little frustrating. I feel like we could have cleared the air a lot sooner if it's like, you sent us to prison. Whoa. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then like Michael the whole time is like grappling with the fact that he's like, he has, he's loyal to his friends, but at the same time he missed like three years of not being in jail. Yeah. He didn't go I to can't prison. remember. What, what did Kai go to prison for? I don't remember. Um, That's, I think Kai was, I think he might have, his might have been assault. He might have beaten up the cop because I think Will went for... I don't remember. No, I think both of them mm. were assault because they both mm. beat up the cop and that's on video. Gotcha. Um, and we don't know what happened to these people in prison. But for... Like, Kai comes back changed. He's very... He was always like, he's pretty quiet. stoic, but he's yeah. like completely withdrawn at this point. Um. And Damon is just, he's, like, completely unhinged, and Will is just, like, drunk all the time. 
Uh, mm. And I think also doing coke. Anyway. Other way. So yeah, he's fucked. they go to this pool party. Uh, and <laughs> there's this grotto where <laughs> Michael and Rika hook up in the grotto. And mm-hmm. Kai watches. And he's like, I thought you were going to wait. And Michael's like, mind your own fuck. So Michael's like totally hot for Rika. Um, and we find out has been for a very mm. long time. Um, and so Kai's a little curious of like, what has, has, have, have you changed your mind about what we're doing here? And he's like, no, 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 no. We're still going to stick with the plan. But inside Michael's like, oh, I think, I think I am changing my mind about what I want and what, mm. what I want to get out of all of this. Um, after their, their hookup at the grotto, which, you know what? <laughs> kind of hot. So yeah, well, we're gonna talk about this afterwards because yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch, there's so so much to to deal with in this. Anyway, so she goes back and then she's in the pool with um, Alex and then they're talking and Alex is like, hey, by the way, if you ever like to fuck women, here's my number. Yeah, um, and then she so, actually gets Alex I mean, to drive Rika- her home. She doesn't leave with the guys. Mm. She pieces out with Alex. So it's like, yep. okay, so you're not completely under their control 24-7 because you came with them, but you left with someone else. <laughs> so, oh my God, ask her to drive you to the police station. <laughs> Holy shit, right. what is wrong with you? So things just sort of escalate with the guys. They end up burning down her house. <laughs> yeah. Stealing her money. They burn down her house. They steal. No, that's the, so that part where like, she has um, the executive. Her will is um, Michael's father, Mr. Chris, Michael's father. So yeah. at one point, Michael's like, hey, you know, we need to deal with this. We need to do this. It would be really good if I ended up being the executor of um, Rika's like no, Rika's so, dad's will. No, what happens is something Michael's father, who the, he does not get along with his dad. Mm. And there's a whole history there. Um, Michael goes to visit his father and he says, that he's decided that he wants to learn a little bit more about the business and oh, would yeah. feigns, like to feigns, uh, yeah. gain some experience uh, like working, working with finances or something along those lines or investments. And his father's like, uh, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to just hand over the business to you. And Michael's like, well, that's fine. Why don't you hand over the Fane account uh, and I'll manage that. And so the father's like, all right, that's fine. And the father says something okay. really disgusting about Rika. Because um, his father Because her, the father has always asshole. been saying, everybody, everybody wants, I, I kind of feel sorry for Rika for being so hot and irresistible to all men that she's just <laughs> rapable for everything. Oh, it's disgusting. Like, I'm like, who is she? Helen of fucking Troy? Like, I don't Jesus. <laughs> Maybe she is. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so that's how Michael gets a hold of Rika's finances. So, mm. so she is now destitute. Her house has been burned down. She doesn't know where her mother is. Um, and, and yet so she's, she's still like, Michael's not that bad. And when he tells her that he's the, he's control uh, control of her estate, like, yeah, like I, I would have like fucking wigged out, but she's doesn't doesn't panic as much as i thought she would <laughs> i yeah it's any uh, oh my god like yeah <laughs> like like they're again like this is why we're we're pausing here is because there are no words to describe the amount of manipulation and abuse oh, this woman Jesus. suffers at the hands of this guy that she's obsessed, obsessed with. with and i guess that's why and she then, sort of not that she allows it to happen or certainly not blaming the victim here but at the same time it's like you know what they're doing at this point mm. and there are steps that you can take to maybe but stop you're, she's so doing, obsessed but she's just but yeah. she's so obsessed she's so obsessed with michael that she can't she can't see through it so instead of being like hey this guy is totally manipulating me and i'm like gonna be totally fucked over in the end she's just like oh okay (laughs) you're you're the boss and so (laughs) they've managed to yeah so they've managed to isolate her in every conceivable way um because she doesn't have any friends um 
And then they take her back to Thunder Bay for, I guess, their end game. And that's when we find out exactly what happened that night three years ago. And Erica is not to blame for their misfortune. Uh, And everyone sort of has this moment where it's like, we really fucked up. And now we have to find a way to make it right. Except Except for Damon. For Damon. He wants his revenge. And he doesn't really care who he takes it out on at this point. So he just goes like completely off the deep end. Um, And so there's a big fight with the guys and with Damon. Yeah. He teams up. Damon teams up with Trevor. And then, yes. So we'll get to that. So he gets kicked. Damon gets kicked out of the house. And now it's like, well, okay. Now we're all friends. With Rika, and we need to protect her from Damon. Because <laughs> I guess and Trevor and Trevor. Well, they don't know. Well, we don't know that point. yet. So right now, it's still Damon who wants his oh, pound right, of right. flesh. Um, and the book guys are doing their best to kind of make amends with Rika. So they return her money. They start rebuilding her house. They tell her where her, they've actually put her mom in rehab, which that was actually a really nice thing to do. Um, and yeah, so it her, was. her mother is on the mend. Um, so I guess like it's supposed to be some sort of like a redeeming thing for Michael, I suppose, that it was his plan to put her in rehab. Um, and <laughs> and we get to the steam room. Uh, so we're all friends again. Michael takes <laughs> Rika. Um, he, he sneaks her into the men's club. She gets dressed up in her fencing gear. And it's so that she can bout, I think is the word. Fence the boys. So she can yes. just like she do some fencing. Some yeah. um, and, and she's pretty good. And she's she's actually really good at it. No surprise. She's been doing it her whole life. I would expect her to be good at it. Uh, so after she does some, so she gets really hot doing the fencing. He gets really hot watching her fence. And they retire to the steam room or to the locker room. They go into the steam room and Eric or Rika says that she loves him and he mm-hmm. cannot get the words out. And then you hear someone else speak up like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Tell her you love her. And it's Kai. He's in the steam room. Yeah. He saw this. He saw this whole moment. All happen. Yeah. Um, I love how there's no like Kai is just always drifting just in the background there. Yes. So, like you know that Homer Simpson gif that he's like he going into the bushes, like this guy like all the time like coming and going. So, there's this like I I don't know tet tet heart to heart in the steam room. Well, head yeah, to head is definitely well, so they have words in the steam room, all three of them, and then a three way. Because that's yeah. all Kai needs. So, he needs the love of a good woman to solve all of his problems. So Kai yeah. and Michael. So Kai's end up like, you're hot. Double teaming. Yeah. So basically, yep. So Kai fucks her from the front, and Michael basically fucks Michael her fucks her from behind, behind at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. don't worry, baby, you'll love it. She's never had anal before. This is her first experience with anal, and she's <laughs> getting it. I just kept on thinking both like, ways. Oh. Ow. Like, that is... that's... There's a very thin wall going on between there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just... So can they feel each other inside of her? Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Look, Rob, I don't... <laughs> so, they have this beautiful moment together in the steam room, the three of them, and then at the end of that interlude, it is clearly stated it will never happen again, and I gotta say, a little yes. disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was just like, also like, poor Kai. Like, he's just like, he's like, I hate you because of the way you turned her on, but I understood you needed it. Like, just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. So, like, I, like, Michael's like, I allowed that to happen because you're like, you're my brother kind of idea. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So you can, I can show, I I will allow you to have sex with my woman. It's not up to her. Mm -hmm. It's up to me. I get to decide. Nothing's, but nothing's been up to her at this point. She's been manipulating this whole fucking book. Because later on, there's a moment where Michael is away and Kai is like checking in on Rika, making sure that she's feeling safe and secure in the apartment. 
And then he sort of like, he tests her. He's like, well, I could stay or I could go. And it's like, well, what would you do if you stay? And it's like, oh, you know, maybe we could talk or have a, I don't know. He says something that's meant to be implied sex. And yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a fucking test. And it's like, that is yeah. so rude. So wrong. And manipulative mm-hmm. and inconsiderate. And like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I think you two should just bang, honestly. Yeah. I feel like that it would have been better for them to get together than Michael, honestly. Well, maybe they should just have an open mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. Because quite honestly, there isn't a whole lot of sex going on in this book. And I think another cookup with just Kai on his own mm-hmm. could have been really interesting. It would have been fun, yes. But... Been, yeah. Uh, anyway, so then we end up in back in Thunder Bay, as always, and there's a boat. There's <laughs> Yeah, so Rika gets kidnapped by Trevor. David is hooked up with Trevor, and now the two of them want to ruin her. Um, Trevor's pissed off, I guess, that he d- she dumped him <laughs> and is now hooking up with his brother, and Damon is just pissed mm-hmm. off at the world. Um, so she gets kidnapped, taken to the boat. The guys have to rush to her rescue. Um, and that's kind of... And their they- plans are essentially to, like, rape and murder her. The end game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they end up almost killing Will. Who else gets thrown into the ocean? Everyone else... Everyone ends up in the water at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's this final showdown between brothers and yeah uh michael comes out the victor damon fucks off in a zodiac and that's kind of the end of the book well no i guess we have a bit of an epilogue no 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 no. we have an epilogue where he buys the house with the catacombs underneath it's the church it's that broken down church where they've had their like first kind of yeah and he's building it into a home for both of them right they're gonna get and married. then they fuck in it and, and then yeah and the whole point is like michael gets turned on by the fact that she's thrilled by being a bad girl well no and, so like, they he have tries this... to bring that out for her so she, so according to him because what he says is always right she likes the fear <laughs> nope. she is turned on by fear and she's afraid of him and that's what turns her on and so he kind of kept her afraid because he knew it made her hot and I guess so, that made him hot. And this is so also like the the whole thing also like there's there's a whole bunch of implications to this because at one point she's like, how could we keep this going? How could he keep me scared? How could he keep me this? Like, it's so hot. And I was just like, how fucked up is it to always like live in a certain amount of stress to be afraid yeah. of something of like what he's going to do? And also like how elevated is that game going to have to become? <laughs> well, exactly. Like you're always you're going to have to keep pushing it. And there's like. But with a guy who is literally out to ruin your life for something yeah. they had no assurances on, like, what's <laughs> happening? And I, I understand, like, like fear. I don't think is a. It's. I mean, for me, not a huge turn on. I understand, like, mm. the danger aspect being pretty hot, and like that can be very exciting. Um, but it very, you know. If there's no sort of safety protocol, then it just, you know, the danger becomes actually terrifying. And yes. that's not hot. We have crossed the line at this I point. Just, and it just... I, yeah, I mean, like, I, like, I'm not here to kink shame. If someone's, like, into the fear thing, like, that's fine. But, like, basing your whole life and relationship on that, like, with someone who literally was into ruining your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just... Also, the fact that he's been, like, stalking you since you were, like, 14. <laughs> just <laughs> Well, we, so we yeah. find out the whole reason that Rika grew up, essentially, in the Christ home is when she, shortly after her father died, I think she was 12 or 13 when it happened, and Michael is 16 yeah. at this point, he has to go and pick her up from soccer, soccer practice. And he's all pissed off because he wants to meet his buddies. Um, and she, she comes out of the building crying and he's like, well, you know, what are you crying for? Why are you such a baby? And the girls at soccer were making fun of her scar and then it brought up all the stuff with her dad and she's still healing from that. Um, and he's like, don't ever let them see you cry and like, kind of like, isn't very gentle with her, but decide like, 
you know, thinks that this girl is being coddled and he's not going to coddle her. She runs away from him because she made it. He made <laughs> her so upset. She's going to be totally coddled because she's a 12 year old who was just in a traumatic yeah, accident with her father where like she dies. And what the fuck is wrong with lives. you? Like, so she, she runs away from him and he's like, oh my God. So he goes, he like goes looking for her and finds her in the cemetery mm. at her dad's grave. And she's like, just exhausted from the whole ordeal and she basically like she doesn't want to go home so he like sits with her uh and he's actually a lot nicer to her then and then takes her back home and says to his mother we need to make up a room for rika so she can stay with us yeah so he's been like controlling her Almost her entire life at this point, we find. Out. And I think, I think it was meant to intends, be like nice. Yeah, like nice, like almost like yeah. I and think that is that a nice to be like, thing for him to do, but it just gets so warped. Yeah. Later on, and also like, mm, yeah, and also the fact that like she's like he, she curled me or curled up in my lap and so on and so forth, and I felt protective towards her. So he's got like this patronly aspect at this point towards her which ends up just being kind of fucked up when it warps into this sexual thing anyway right? that kind of like, like this fear thing and i'm like I'm like how did you what yeah like you felt protective of her but now you think that it's sort of it's almost going the other way it's like well the pro- like these protector emotions evolved into it's like i need to teach her how to be strong and independent Mm-hmm. and it's like but you're not doing that yeah. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's anyway i i found that i was um i had problems with this book also because some of the scenes and the way they're written were kind of hot the grotto was kind of hot well, that's just it the sex is actually then, pretty hot and some of like the and danger then I'm stuff like, but i'm like I thought was kind of hot. But I'm like this. What's wrong with me? Yeah, but I was also like, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Because also in the context of what's happening, I'm like, ew, no, ew. No, exactly. This <laughs> is why <laughs> one something problematic, and I sure as hell I'm, got it because this book is I'm full so... of problematic relationships. But it's still hot. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Like, the way it was written with the tension between the past, like, really well done to keep me reading. Like, it, yes. it kept me engaged. Yes. Um, the sexual tension, I didn't think was really there, but the scenes were written really well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not like I thought that these two characters should be together. Or I wanted them to be together. In fact, I actually really didn't want them to be together. In fact, I thought that she should be with Kai yeah. out of all the characters. Um, but at the same time, I was just like, but the scenes were hot. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, but more out of context. But when you put it out of context, you're actually kind of, like, disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. So how do, you, how do you feel about this one, Rach? Hot or not? Oh, man. This. Uh, I don't know. Because, as you say, out of context, pretty hot. <laughs> In context, very upsetting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i like okay i'll tell you this i finished the book i'm like ooh, do i want to read the next one i don't and i, I don't. started it and i'm like it's not grabbing me it's the same thing with like the back and forth between different time periods it's i've only Aww. read like four chapters it's all kai's point of view this is sort of his story and it's a different devil's night mm. so i'm like I, I don't know if i'm gonna keep going with this yeah, I don't know if the, does that help at all make me decide no. that this book was hot. No. I don't think so. <laughs> no, because that's another book that you're talking about. <laughs> but, no, but but just in the sense that like no, was, we're talking about this book and this book. No, only. but this book drove me to want to read the next one. So it's like well, I clearly so. I enjoyed something about the book. If I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I guess that your decision is kind of hot. Kind of hot with an asterisk, I'm, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dis- disturbingly so. Yes. Um, I would, I would say, it's hard for me too because, like, I did find the scenes hot. Um, I hated the context of the book. I thought that most of the book was disturbing, and like, while I read it, I was actually extremely creeped out 
and disgusted Pretty on many levels a lot of the time um, that the author would also put these in like a positive light that this type of obsession with a guy who was going to ruin your life would be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would probably say I'd probably ride on the category of not, I did not want to read anymore. And when I put the book down, I was like, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> like that was my, that was my reaction. I that was I texted your text you. like, what to me. Exactly <laughs> yeah, I that. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> Like I like I was kind of like what and like the end scenes and so on and so forth. Like I was intrigued through the book. Yeah, the the sex scenes were were good, but from a hot perspective, I just found it like I find it still disturbing that yeah that the power dynamic in this is such a way. And if someone finds this sexy because this is their thing, I really like I I honestly think that there's some definite issues that need to be addressed in mm-hmm. what people think is appropriate in relationships maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if Rika That's she is she is deeply involved in an abusive relationship by the end of the book. No, she absolutely is and I think if she had a little bit more introspection and she was torn the same way we are and it's like I'm really fucking attracted to this guy and I dream about him nightly but what he's doing is so wrong like or i think that would help ever, also if she ever really fought back against him yeah and put yeah. things on her own terms no like, exactly but she doesn't she never does that like even from the fact that he's building their home together and he's doing all this shit at the end like there's there's nothing that we're supposed to believe that rika is like has this strong element to her but and she really doesn't she's a very weak weak person yeah <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to say, like, read the sex scenes. They're hot. Don't read anything else because it's fucking gross. (laughs) Well, let's let's find out what some other people thought about it. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to hear these reviews. I haven't haven't read any of them. So on Goodreads, it's actually rated 3.82 on Goodreads. Well, that's not high. We've... It's, I mean, it's, it's not the highest, certainly, but it's still, I th- more people liked it than didn't. Um, but I do have a well, couple... Well, that's good, but good is always like that, mostly, except for with the last one. <laughs> Usually it's in the fours. <laughs> but I, I pulled out some, some, some low-scoring reviews here. Mm-hmm. Um, this, Kristen marked it as did not finish. She wrote, DNF skimmed to the end. I didn't like the way the story made me feel. <laughs> yep. So, I, yep. yep. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> uh, here's another one, a rating one star. DNF at 65%. And Daniela begins, before I go on with the review, I will first destroy the part of my brain that understands the concepts of good writing, self-respect, healthy relationships, and just plain old sane behavior. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally we have Jonathan who rated it one star and he wrote another girl with no personality dude who loves language uh, dude whose love language is violence that's very well put mm-hmm. I would say uh, yes. the two guys with no personality and a pedophile <laughs> the best part of this yes. book not it's not only bad it's also boring <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like I mean we both found it pretty engaging. So Yeah. I don't know about the boring part, but I I will agree with the other stuff there. Hmm. Um, it's a bit long in the tooth and parts for a little bit, but I didn't find it that bad. I mean I found that the uh past to present was engaging. It was very engaging, but there was a point where like you know, they sort of everybody finds out what happened and I have like a progress tracker. Um, on my Kindle. So I can see that there's still like a quarter left to go. And I'm like, what's yeah. going to happen now? <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe it's sort of like the pacing might have been a little off in that sense because it felt like we were kind of heading towards a big sort of resolution, but there's all this book left to go. And then we sort of we kind of switched gears. And now we've got Trevor and Damon, or Damon's always been in the mix, but now Trevor's in the mix. Um, And there's this whole kidnapping situation. Um, Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
whatever, whatever, write what you want. Whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I, yeah. But the love language <laughs> is violence. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Well put. Uh, all right. I got nothing else to say to you. Me neither. I think I've, I've exhausted all of my words and my emotions. I'm pretty empty inside at the right now <laughs> after all of that. Uh, yeah. I'm as empty as Michael's emotions. It's fine. <laughs> oh, he has them. What? Well, actually, he was pretty bad. Pa- well, yeah, well, he was pretty passionate in the end, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Kai? Well, Kai, Kai? was Kai. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I just don't think that metaphor is going to work at all. Fuck it. I've been Shelly. I have been Rachel. Oh my God. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, and I guess until next time, keep it sexy. Yeah, and don't go for the abusive assholes. Like, if they're going to ruin your life, probably a bad match in the future. Oh my god. <sighs> it was I found it like I really found it disturbing at points. Yeah. <laughs>